Hi. Hi! I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- Hey everybody, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein. Today, special guest on the show, Joel. <laughs> already, already off with a bang. Joel Jensen. <laughs> Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. Uh, the, I feel like if I if I fuck up in the first ten seconds, like it's a good indication uh, that I maybe need to go to sleep or something. I you know. look like you need to go to sleep. Hey, man, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so for uh, okay, uh, people may know you as uh, as as uh, one of the hosts of uh, Crash Bar or and uh, Room One One. Yeah. Sorry, I, see. This is where I'm at. Oh God, ah, <laughs> uh, God, and I knew it was. I knew it was room one one. I started thinking shakedown, and like it was just. They're all basically the same thing. They're not. They're really not, <laughs> guys. I feel like I should just stop and give up, but I'm not going to do that. I want everybody just to know forward, yeah. how terrible I'm being. <laughs> uh, on the team shakedown of room one hundred one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and uh, do you also do stand up? Was that a thing? Am I crazy? No, I've never done stand up. Okay. Uh, I've thought I w- would want to try it, but I'm too scared. Okay. So no. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll work through that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So uh, so I mean, let's you know, let's just start with the the beginnings, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd you get into comedy theater? Any of that stuff? Sure. So um, I'm from Iowa originally. Uh, Big comedy and state. Yeah, it's a great state. <laughs> it, it fucking rules, dude. I I, I honestly love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I graduated with an English degree. Uh, from University of Iowa, and uh, for how great Iowa is, there's not a ton that you can do outside of teaching with an English degree if you stay in Iowa. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had a group of friends. Uh, one of them grew up in Los Angeles, and so we all decided to move out to Los Angeles together. Um, and we all lived in Culver City um, and, like, just scraped up whatever jobs we could. Sure. Um, and then uh, I got into – UCB because I had always, you know, I was always a fan of comedy. Um, like, part of me wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I was a kid. Um, God, but so like, much desire to be a stand-up comedian. I think we could coolest, do it. I man. think we could do it. I used to really <laughs> like uh, the Jim Brewer comedy special because Comedy Central, when we were kids, had so few shows mm-hmm. that, like, the Jim Brewer comedy special okay. was just always on. And the Dana yeah. Carvey one. Okay. Um but anyway, so, um, like, and when I moved out, like, I, I always wanted to just write or do something in that capacity. Yeah. Um, and I knew about UCB. I was a fan of the TV show. And um, I ended up going to uh, Vegas on a trip, and I won, like, 600 bucks. Nice. And, uh, yeah. I mean, um, no, I mean, I know, cause, like, I, I did, yeah, I did a, a, uh, an India casino trip, and you get, like, you, I think I won, like, 600 bucks, too, yeah, and I was like, this is all the money in the world, especially because yeah. didn't have much money coming in, you're like, I could do anything. I've never won <laughs> since then. Yeah, no. Um, and it ruined me, because I always expect to, but, yeah. but so I was broke, uh, I was broke, and I, and I won this money, and so I was, I decided to buy a bike and a one-on-one class. Nice. Um, and so I... Uh, got into this one-on-one class, and it was so cool because that that's that class was like Betsy Sodaro and Steve Slaga, and a couple other folks that are uh, like still doing great stuff. And so that was like my intro to improv. Johnny Meeks taught it, and I made really good friends with these guys, and um, we all took two hundred one together, um, and that's kind of how I got into 
uh, UCB and like improv and things like that. It's very cool. Uh, what 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 uh, winish was this? This was uh, probably five years ago. Okay, cool. Okay. Um. So so the, yeah. So uh. But but before that, you didn't have like uh, before like UCB um, like were you were doing any you weren't doing any like like comedy theater or anything like that. When I was like in that? high school, yeah. Um, they, we I was in like speech and drama. I started out in band, <laughs> and then I my, our band teacher was really intense, and like if you were in band, you could do nothing else. And so I had to make this choice, this very like high school choice of like, do I stay in band because that's what I've been doing, or do I follow my passion and try to like play? <laughs> and so I quit band. Um, nice. Yeah, dude. My my te- my band teacher at one point he called me a virus. He told me kids like me made him want to quit teaching. I was a nice kid. Are you fucking with me? Yeah. No, he was just. Oh my god. But I did like I did drama stuff, and they we had an improv sort of institution at my high school. But it was all like really weird, where you'd get like a slip of paper mm-hmm. with a scenario written on it, and then you would have two minutes to plan your scenes, and then you just act it out. Oh, cool! And that was how the improv uh, functioned there. And we went to state, but yeah, yeah. Um, we. Our judge at state was the woman from Cujo, the uh, St. Bernard horror movie that Steve yeah, came yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was our judge of improv for some reason. <laughs> and she – we did this very presentational um, bit where it was like – it was very strange. We were like toys at a toy store, and we like each gave like mon- monologues. Mm. And she hated it and like ripped into us and accused us of canning it and like pre- pre-preparing it and like – and she, Jesus and got, like, Christ! A ovation, but she she destroyed us in front of everybody. What's up with all these adults being crazy around I don't know, here? Man. I don't know. That's fucked up. Just, you know, I was great, but just really intense adults. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, that was that was about it. And like, I did plays and stuff, uh, and that's like I, how I got into performing. And okay, I really liked to perform. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I I just uh, I, I just wondered because I feel like uh, it's. It's rare that somebody comes from uh, almost no, mm-hmm. uh, like theater comedy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and then like starts classes and stuff. Uh, but cool, cool. So, uh, so we're yeah, so we're starting classes and like for you, hopping in. Uh, how, like, how, did you like it immediately? Were you like, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, for, like Johnny Meeks is the coolest dude in the world. Yeah, um, I didn't know for a long yeah. time. The nicest, coolest teacher. Yeah. Um and. I made friends super fast, and like I was new, still relatively new to LA, so uh, it became a place for me to meet people. Yep. Um, and uh, I just loved it, um, and it it was just a fun thing to do, uh, and um, just like learning the mathematics of it and a little bit of the science of it, I really liked. Like yeah. Breaking down what what comedy is. And how you do it, and and so I really got the bug for it right right off the bat. What do you mean, like mathematics, like what comedy is? Uh, like just like learning, like so I always liked uh, comedy a lot, right? And yeah. I watched Saturday Night Live uh, like religiously when I was a kid. Yeah. I watched all those Jim Brewer specials. Fucking Jim and, Brewer, uh, man, love it. To see a little <laughs> bit about like the mechanics of it, that it's not all just oh, this person's just a, a biologically funny person. Yeah. That there is, even if you're not a witty person necessarily you could still do comedy if you know the uh the way the gears of it turn yeah if you understand like 
oh, it's pattern yeah. and heightening and emotional reaction um, and just following the weird quirks of your own brain and just knowing those pillars of it, I think, fascinated me immediately. And, uh, and uh, so I really liked to dig into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that because I, I think I remember always thinking of myself as very funny. What an ego! Uh, God, that, was, that hurts to say that out loud. Uh, honest? No, it's terrible. Um, everybody throw rocks at me. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, we start. You start doing the classes and stuff, and you're like, oh, okay. I kind of get like, you kind of like get what's funny, and then also mm-hmm. like why things that you're like, I thought it was funny, and it didn't mm-hmm. work that time. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't really building, or like, yeah, the patterns or whatever. And then also like when you start when uh, at the same time too, when you start breaking down why other people are funny or mm-hmm. like how they're you're like oh i see what they're doing yeah. they're this thing uh and, and it sort of loses a little bit of magic and you're like yeah gotta get rid of the magic yeah why not right <laughs> like we're just we're, we just love this thing so let's kill it a little bit <laughs> um nice very cool yeah uh and so uh uh so then so i mean did you hit another jackpot for the next class like what <laughs> did, did um, you, you got you hopped right in you found a way i at that point, after my, the first class, like I got a better job, nice, and so I could afford to uh, pay for a class. Yeah, um, and so he that one I took with Brett Christensen and um, like Betsy and Steve. Yeah, and uh, I had another another guy that I worked with uh, who now is my business partner. We um, he took it, but the whole like thing about how two one is where when it gets scary, yeah, it puts people in their head. He cracked under the pressure he and like quit quit oh no <laughs> he couldn't do it what uh what i mean was there a specific thing that made him go or was it just like uh, i th- i don't know i think um just he just he was afraid to fail and, yeah and you know that when you're afraid to fail it just makes you fail harder i think yeah because because you're like white knuckling it and uh a like being afraid to fail means you're afraid to like explore anything, and, and I think he stopped having fun yeah. because he was afraid of failing and stopped being able to like mine delight out of it. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, then you know, yeah, you might as well bail. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that uh, that's true, but I also do feel like I mean maybe this is just me or my experience, but I also feel like there was a good portion, or there's there there's always no maybe I'm over it these days now that I'm thinking about it, but like there's always been this part where it's like this is hard and it like stresses me out and like, mm-hmm. I want to be good. And I just fucking wasn't that time. And it yeah. just like, it hurts a little, like you, <laughs> you know, you walk away from a show and just like, I, what did I do? What oh, am I, what am I doing with my time? I do that all the time still. Like, uh, yeah, I think it's like, as you grow as an improviser, that's a huge part of it is just your ability to weather that. Yeah. And <laughs> accept that you have bad shows. Like there's shows I walk out of room on one, because Shakedown performs there like every week. Yeah. I walk out of there like probably 40% of the time just like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> what was that shit? Wow. Um, that's, uh, that's surprising. I think you guys are great. <laughs> I think you guys are fantastic. I like. Thanks, man. Uh, I, th- I, yeah, I think I even wrote a little thing fairly recently on my blog. I was like, you guys got, you got to see them. They're the best. They're oh, just thanks, one man. of the best teams in town. Um, yeah, that, that's really <laughs> – yeah, because it is – yeah. I don't know what that is. About like yeah, want you want to be good or whatever? I just had this. I just had a bad show. I had a good show and a bad show last night with the the same dude, and he called me after, and he, he's a little bit newer, and he's just like, oh, that was bad. And he's like, I really felt beat up about it. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, whatever. We're gonna do some bad shows. Like, yeah. <laughs> buckle in. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> one time in class, Eugene Cordero said like, I th- 
think it was something along the lines of like, look, man, you can have a bad show and li- literally nobody in the world cares. Yeah. Other than you. Yeah. Nobody – like the world is gigantic and nobody gives a fuck if you have a bad <laughs> show. So just get over it. Like, yeah. Um, and that is helpful uh, in a big way. But like you have to – in order to arrive at a point where you can honestly accept that, like yeah. you have to just have shitty shows, yeah, and beat yourself up more than you deserve, and realize that it was pointless. Yeah, it's also too. I mean, maybe the longevity too. Think has. I think it definitely has something to do with it because, like, you do a few bad shows, and you're like, "Am I any good? Will I ever be good?" Mm-hmm. And then you do some shows that are some of your best shows ever, and you're like, "Okay, I'm good again." And you do terrible, and you're like, "Okay, so some yeah. of it's just a." A fucking roller coaster that I'm living on. Yeah, I mean, it's and an addiction. <laughs> yeah, where like you chase those highs. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> even like no matter what ills you bring upon yourself in the pursuit of it, like because when you do have a good show, it's like the the best thing. Oh yeah, imaginable. Um, and you just keep chasing after it, and like that's what it is. What I have a hard time is like when I do have a good show, like how did I do that? <laughs> because yeah. you're so you lose yourself in the moment and yeah you achieve uh this state this state of like flow where you lose yourself and you forget you know who you are the aspects of your life that are nagging at you like vaporize from you for 10 15 minutes yeah and but like the which is great yeah but then the flip side is like there's no part of your brain that's like ah this is what made that happen yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just like obliterated yeah uh, are you familiar with the the film Fast and the Furious? Yes, absolutely. Um, the speech isn't too far off of Dominic's speech when he talks about, you know, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. time. In those 10 seconds or less, he's free. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it's like, true. you know, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, there's this PDF that uh, Alex Berg has put together with, like, different links. And uh, he's so cool because, like – he oh, uh, yeah. cr- takes this like very academic look at it, and and I've been like worshiping this PDF lately. But there's a l- real phenomenon like when you like when people are creating something that they call it flow, where like or when you're racing a car um, in an illegal underground <laughs> racing ring uh, for that quarter of a mile, like you lose <laughs> yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it like chemically in your brain and. Yeah. Uh, Physiologically, you you part of your brain just turns on while another part turns off, and you just forget stuff. Uh, and then you can provide that for the audience too. Um, and it sort of creates this like closed loop of just like uh, a brief moments of escape uh, where you just don't even feel like your body. Yeah. Um, which sounds super hippie and weird and new agey, but, but if like, you do it, like you're like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, dude, and that's like once you, it's you. It's like being in this transcendent state, and what and like, uh, I think that's what everybody is chasing at the end of the day, yeah. You gotta take that high, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, uh, just to recap for anybody who hasn't, I think flow, I think the, the definition maybe is like when, uh, when you're faced with a, a task that's hard that meets your skill level, uh, which is also fairly high. So, like, when those two come together, you're very challenged, even though mm-hmm. you're at a very high level, uh, so you're like, fill, you know, it's it's constantly making you work uh 
but also like not like way exceeding what mm-hmm. you can do or not way under it or you're not like way incapable. It's a, it's a great. I don't know. Read, <laughs> go to Wikipedia. My my explanation that I thought I was going to give. Crap. Real crap. Uh, <laughs> or, or watch Vin Diesel's uh, just monologue from Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that'll, like, that'll break it down. Because like that's a real <laughs> – it's just a real joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, 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 yeah. So we're chasing the highs on our shows. Uh, you're sticking through. Uh, uh, in, 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 like, in the process, uh, I'm, cur- I'm curious, like, for you, because uh, I want you to improvise, uh, and I think uh, – I don't know. Like, I, 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 I see you as a specific type of improviser, and I, I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Uh, but, like – uh, I like I like your improv. Uh, so that that's like the baseline of this. But like, what were what were some moments that were like? Were there other moments like learning it or practicing in the past, uh, however long? They like that kind of like were like, oh, these are like important things because like you talk about the math of it, and that mm-hmm. like that doesn't entirely surprise me mm-hmm. based on like watching you. I wonder if there's other stuff that you're like, oh, this was like this is a thing that I kind of absorbed a lot in classes um, or. I think, like lately, mm-hmm. uh, I really been trying to focus on um uh i've become like a very much a disciple of eugene cordero mm-hmm. uh and his just like be yourself yeah if would you uh, my favorite note that he gives people is you do a scene and he goes would you but would you really do that yeah and that's the it's the easiest <laughs> but and it, and it and it also is the most devastating to yeah. people if it like if the scene doesn't work mm-hmm. uh and you were making some crazy he's like would you have done that and you're like oh no, <laughs> I really wouldn't have. I, w- I was not being a human being. Yeah, like that's. I think like the the whole point of it is to of of comedy and improv specifically in that as like a subset of comedy is like is like finding these true things about the way your brain works, um, and like allowing things that maybe you wouldn't want to say uh, to bubble out because you you're. Sh- you're shielded by character. Right. Um, and so just being honest on stage creates something that's really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, because you, because like your audience is very smart and yeah. they know when you're not being a human being. Um, there's another thing that they, that's in this PDF called the uncanny Valley, mm-hmm. right? Where there's, uh, on the, the, on one side is like very realistic, uh, 100% full human being mm-hmm. emotions or appearances or whatever. Mm-hmm. On the other side is very like caricatured, silly, cartoon shit. And on either of those two extremes, people can people enjoy, right? You're because right. one is true and one is so weird and goofy and like yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah. There's a midpoint, not quite a midpoint, but there's a place in there called the Uncanny Valley that's almost real. Yeah. And it's so close to being real that it creeps people out because their brain doesn't know how to handle ambiguity yeah so like like a creepy doll uh fits in the uncanny valley because you don't know what to make of it right and so your brain gets uncomfortable and weird yeah and i think what i think i really like to see is when (laughs) and what choice is all about is uh is avoiding that ditch right yeah because if you are and i see this all the time because i watch a lot of shows at room 101 yeah and the one thing that like baseline thing that that creates problems in scenes and which i always try to uh, I, I try very much these days to try to avoid is is that un- uncanny valley where you're like you're a doctor who's mean to people yeah and that's it like that is an approximation of humanity that isn't real and right. so people have a hard time processing that 
Yeah. And they don't, and they don't, your audience doesn't get on board because their brains are like, wait, huh? Um, whereas, like, if you were to push it way f- uh, outside of something relatable or you push it to being something more human, people can get on board with it. Yeah. Um, and so that's a very long winded way of saying that, uh, uh, like, I, I try to focus on just like grounding things, being real, justifying things, and trying to like be a fucking human being. Yeah. Because it's so hard to lose that when you're on stage because you naturally are heightening stuff. Yeah. And you're performing. And by virtue of performing, I think it splits you off from like delivering something that's true for people. Totally. Um, and then the scenes aren't funny that way. I've never, you know, I've I've honestly never thought of scenes in that uh, in that term, and I think I think I have that PDF, or maybe I never got it. Maybe I just requested it and never got it. What's up, Berg? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that that uncanny. That's a, that's actually a really good way to define it. And I think if you going back to Cordero, he might be the perfect example of that type of thing because I've seen yeah. him. I'm sure we've all seen him do those scenes where he's a fucking cartoon. Yep. Like and you, and it's still, but he you start that way. He absolutely starts that way, and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get what I'm getting into. And people, mm-hmm. you know, you match it, and you're like, cool, this is just like a goofball scene. Yep. And it's fine. Or he'll be the most realistic person in the world, and you're like, oh, this is very real. Uh, but like same same of like, I, what, my bad show last night. Now I'm thinking of it in this ter- these terms. Uh, you know, it was like a mother and son trying to connect. Uh, and then, like, the mother said that she would kill somebody if uh, they were picking on her son, mm-hmm. which isn't so out. So, like, it's a little crazy. But then also, like, then she had weapons and then he was like and then, like, there was crying. So it's like all there's all these things that, like, it could have it could have turned into, like, um, uh, was it Robert Rodriguez film where it's like it's just a crazy, like, <laughs> murder vengeance thing. And, like, we had all gone on board with mm-hmm. it and, like, from the m- first moment uh, and then I'm like a little cartoon and we all get it. Uh, or, you know, we could have taken it realistically and like slowly breaking it down, but it was just, it was somewhere in between and the audience was silent and just like, wow, this is a lot to take in. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much just, it all depends on, uh, making your audience understand the way they should be feeling. Yeah. Uh, because you know, at the end of the day, we're just animals and (laughs) like we're primates. Yeah. And we look to like, we look to other people's behavior uh, to tell us how we should think and feel, um, and so if 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 I think if like scenes are unclear about like, hey guys, we're being this is a big crazy fun time. Yeah. Just hop on board and we'll have fun. Or this is a realistic exploration of a quirk of brain. Yeah. Uh, that you can enjoy because we're being real. I think you have to spell it out that much for people. Um, because or and it's like uh, I think horror movies do it. Are they benefit from the inverse of it? I actually think horror and comedy are super related to each yeah, other. Yeah, totally. It's all patterns and heightening. Yeah. Um, and like you establish a game. I, the Conjuring is so fucking good at this. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Um, we're Ter- just terrified of all movies. So. Oh man, well, it's so see. good because it like, <laughs> it, it 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 it's all built on patterns and heightening and blowing things out, then yeah. bringing them back down and resting it, and then um, callbacks and like it's crazy, but. Yeah. Horror benefits in that because they want you to feel the creeps and they want you to be confused because that's when they can scare you because your brain is occupied trying to make – trying to understand what's happening. Yeah. And that's discomfort and that's what you go to a horror movie to see. Right. You don't go to a comedy show to feel discomfort in that way. Right. Um, like you can feel discomfort because people are you know talking about raping grandmas and like AIDS. <laughs> But Classic. that's a different thing because yeah. we can spell out what the what our specific purpose is, right? Um, and like what we're all there for, right? 
That could not make any sense. I, I no, it's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna attempt to maybe hop on board and see if we can get there. Uh, or maybe, I, I think, because I, I don't know that I'm even entirely on board with it. But, like, so, like, I think, like, what what get what get what's get what gets laughs in improv? It's I think a lot of it is just um, when the audience connects and goes like, yeah, that would happen, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, that is possible. Um, and like uh, I think I've said this before, but it's like it sometimes it doesn't matter if it's actually funny. Like if you were to pull mm-hmm. it out of the improv context, uh, would it get a laugh? I'd probably I'd guess like probably eighty percent of improv laughs wouldn't. Um, who knows? Uh, but. I think and so like this and so like yeah that gets the laugh because it it follows like a a logical pattern but I think the same thing can sort of be said for horror movies too in that like it, oh and it also has to be surprising too it mm-hmm. has to surprise them so like yeah that would happen uh, it doesn't work if like remember that one time you had a silly interaction at the carnival mm-hmm. and then they cut to the carnival and silly interaction it's like it's not that funny yeah. we, uh so like if it, so like if you go in a horror movie uh you know uh the murderer get yeah this murderer would get to murder somebody else in this mm-hmm. house uh and it's scary and you have that you have that big reaction but it's it's not the same if it gets telegraphed that like he's probably going to get he's probably going to pop into the bathroom mm-hmm. or if you fall asleep in the bath uh now we're talking about freddy krueger just in case it wasn't clear <laughs> uh like like that uh does that is like is like is that sort of what you're saying cuz i don't think it is and i, I think, think i kind of start started talking on my own thing it's, now. Um, <laughs> so like i think just like the basics is is that it's all you know you're it's built on patterns right and yeah. what makes things funny is not the pattern itself but yeah. how you return like ref and return to it yeah so what's cool about a freddy krueger movie mm-hmm. is you're like somebody's in the bathtub and you know this person's gonna get killed you know it's coming and that's great and yeah because that's what makes it fun yeah and then you're just like well the, what matters is how he kills them in that yeah. bathtub. what weird tools is he going to use how is the water going to factor into this yeah is the toaster from the scene before going to uh, yeah. play into this? And that's very much the same way that like a good improv scene works. Is like we see the bathtub, we see the toaster. Yeah, we know what the game is. How are they going to take those tools in a, in a way that we know it's going to happen? But the delight comes from seeing how somebody puts puts it into motion. Yeah, what the recipe is, as opposed to like what the final dish is. Totally, I love that. That makes a lot of sense. And that's great. <laughs> no, that that act, that's a hundred percent clicking with me now. I'm like, oh, I like that one, because yeah, because it doesn't like again, like you know, a lot. Yeah, you get like a, a a wackadoodle character into a scene, and it's just like, you know, you move on, and it's like, well, it's, we're gonna see this odd behavior exhibit mm-hmm. itself again, and then yeah, it's like, okay, cool, like let's just start talking about this next thing. Let's move yep. on in the conversation. Like you're like, oh, what's he gonna do with the yep. these files? Sitting you know? back there, yeah. like everybody knows that it. Uh, Something I think also is uh, was really helpful that I learned was to just not be coy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's uh, Kurt Vonnegut. One of his rules is uh, on writing is that if like the last thirty pages of your book gets burned up in a fire before somebody's finished reading it, they should know what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. Like you're not doing anybody any favors by being coy ever. Yeah. Um. So just like spell out what it is. If everybody knows what's going to happen next, that's great. Like, it's not your job to create a suspense thriller necessarily. The suspense comes from not, like I said, it's not not what you're going to do is how you're going to get there. Right. That's what where the delight is. Yeah, it's all it's um, it is such a, a it's such a joy too just seeing, um, wat- watching good really great improvisers mm-hmm. uh, pull pull a lot more out of like 
like uh, little little moments or like really expand stuff out. Um, I was trying to think. I don't remember where I saw the show, and it was it was Renee it was Renee Goube and Nick and I, I think it was like do you remember the making sandwiches thing? I believe where was that? Where he was like he made sandwiches. You guys did a Herald. Was, oh, and Renee didn't know what a sandwich. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Uh, that was minor league Herald. That was minor league Herald. Like, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it was like making the sandwiches, but like God, that like you know, spend so much time like uh, really using the ingredients of the scene in like mm-hmm. different ways. And I was like, God damn, like that is that is tough, you know. And th- and it's uh, and that's one of those things. It's like it's, yeah, it's all it's all I got there. He basically he just didn't know. What a sandwich was yeah. like, like, and again, it's like, a sandwich in his life. and that's like the dumbest thing, and like, <laughs> so stupid, and it, but like, yeah, and you watch, you watch, um, and I can only imagine that Renee just uh, reveled in doing what was the dumbest game the best mm-hmm. possible way, uh, but like, yeah, you know, you really, really take the time to like explore not knowing what a sandwich was mm-hmm. and like all these stupid these things and like i you know you, you kind of if you hear that you could probably go like yeah i know how to do that like not knowing what a sandwich scene is mm-hmm. and but it's it's different like you can yeah. really you do that well you can really pick it apart and use all the elements uh, and it's very satisfying very satisfying yeah, much like a sandwich yes yeah, the whole idea of, uh, of like creating so like uh i sometimes try to visualize like after you've done a few lines in a scene at the top of the scene like like a, a biodome closes over it, mm. and nothing else, no information can get in. Sure. All you have, to, all you have, is the information that you've already created in yeah. those first few lines, and that's all you can work with. Yeah. Um, because that creation, uh, and not the invention, is what people like to see, right? Right. It's they, uh, it's the same, basically the same thing as we were talking for. Is like given this set of facts and details, and given this game that I know it's coming. How do they all fit together? Right, um, and that's where like you know all artistry comes from. Like if you even like using the sandwich as an example, like if I if we have sandwich ingredients all laid out, we all know we're gonna make a turkey sandwich. It's the ways that you would make the sandwich versus the way that I would make a sandwich that mm-hmm. becomes something really fun to experience. Right. Um, like how much mayonnaise am I gonna put on it versus how much mayonnaise are you gonna put on it? Right. And that's where you like. Uh, why it's fun to watch Renee not know what not know what a sandwich is, uh, or why it would be fun to watch Nick not know what a sandwich is, right? Or because they're gonna not know what the sandwich is in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm processing and thinking think if I can tag <laughs> onto it, and it seems like I can't. I I, I hate those moments uh, in this podcast when I do that, where I'm like, yeah. That's really interesting. And then I'm just like, oh, you're not doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> you're just kind of enjoying thinking. Uh, so so that's really – it's really interesting, like, hearing some of the things you think about. I love it. Like, the, the you talk about, like, the, the dome closing off, too. And that that's, like, a perfect way, too, to, like – you can because you – you know, watching a lot of shows, you, you can see when uh, teams, people start adding – way more way more than mm-hmm. is ever needed in a scene mm-hmm. or like or or you know when something that's funny or interesting starts getting mined for comedy mm-hmm. and then like move on from it yep. like you're just like oh no we we left all that we left all the gold there yeah you know i think i think people over it, it's very easy to overcomplicate things um and the, the what like i think what everybody uh, it's good for everybody to remember is like you're going to do tons of shows yeah like Honor the simple, the simple stuff yeah. in this scene because you'll have eight million other scenes to do. Yeah. All those other things that like might be flying through your head, but like 
just just commit to it and you'll be it's so surprising how much fun you can have with the littlest amount of details and yeah. extraneous information yeah um i think like becky drysdale is incredible at that where she just she just commits to the first thing yeah and that's her thing and she plays with it and is joyful that she has it and even if it doesn't sound great at the start of a scene like by the end of it she's taken it to this amazing place yeah um and i think the more the more people do that the better yeah that's been uh that's been something i've been uh that I, i'm starting to like more and more uh is just thinking about like well this is the scene that i have and um like like kind of removing judgment a little bit from mm -hmm. like the you know the tops of scenes to or just whatever uh, this this is maybe a little bit more helpful and i've been doing a lot of mono scenes but like uh, it's a little, little easier than that where it's just like, all right, like mm -hmm. this is the scene. I don't know. Like am I if, – if I'm not in love with the first thing that happens or whatever, uh, it, am I going to ditch all of it and kind yeah. of like make it irrelevant or am I going to, you know, build off of it, do yeah. all the stuff that I know I can do and like what – you know, impl imply stuff from what's happened and like yeah. really follow the, the train of thought. Or am I just gonna go like, nah, fuck this? Yeah. What about uh, what about this space scene that I've been wanting to do that has nothing to do with anything? Yeah, I, you know. I think it's like uh, it's just the, the idea of love the one you're with. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a perfect way to put you know, it. Like, I want you to put can, that on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, love the character you're with, love the scene you're with, and you will be able to like mine beautiful things out of it. Yeah. Just like in a human relationship. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing, but like you just stick it out and beauty comes from that um totally and i remember at the la indie improv festival i did a mono scene with candy shop mm -hmm. and i did not like the character i was when i started it i was like fuck yeah i was like oh man I, and like it, it's hard too because like there's a lot of really good uh players on that team and like yeah. i get intimidated by the uh, people on the teams i play with sometimes and i just want to like <laughs> keep up but and i felt like shitty about this character that i had and but i you know what are you gonna do you just have to commit to it and i ended, it ended up being like one of the best shows i've ever done yeah because just because you stuck it out because you can't foresee a detail or something that's gonna be uh lobbed to you three minutes in the future right that all of a sudden that character becomes amazing yeah fun to play yeah uh that that yeah it's it's uh, you know, and then if uh, on that same kind of on that same note, like t talking about, I had a good show and a bad show last night. My good show too was just like a pretty like pretty boring standard baseline character and like a roommate situation that kind of didn't get along with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like yeah, it's not a great like it's like yeah like if if you were like could I have could I have this one or some this scene or another scene you'd probably go like I'll just take the other one. But I was like yeah I don't know like we'll just just relax into it like yeah we'll see what happens like I know you know. You're 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 playing. You know how to improvise. The people you're playing with probably know how to improvise, mm -hmm. and you're gonna build it and make it good and make it better and make it bigger. And yeah, to the point where you just walk away and you're like, "That was great. Yeah, I man. love it." Like, what if, what if, what if I had been an asshole and been like, "I don't really want to do this scene." Yeah, I think audiences uh, <laughs> don't, don't abort your scenes. Too. Yeah, <laughs> don't abort your scenes. That's what this is all about. <laughs> Let them be born. Let just and then see how you feel about it. See how you point. feel. Yeah. Um, you don't have to love your you kid. Just let them live. Yeah, you can always put um, them for adoption. But I, I think the audi audiences can see that too. I know I see that uh, when I watch shows. I know when a scene is starting off slow. Yeah. But I also know when people double down on it and take it and and how like 
cathartic it is when it turns into something very special. Uh, and yeah. it, more often than not, it seems like those scenes that the scenes that are the best and most satisfying to watch are the scenes that like take you by surprise yeah. because there's not some great premise to start it, which means that you're, you have to just devote more of your focus on being true and honest and yeah. finding something uh, relatable and real. And yeah. That's when you have great scenes, I think. Yeah. It is. A, a, that is very impressive to, yeah, to watch, to watch things start slow, not funny or whatever. Uh, but like, I think uh, this, uh, this is a J- Jason Manzoukas thing uh, he said in one p- interview that I think is perfect. It's like you don't have to be funny. You just, uh, you just mm-hmm. have to be interesting and specific, and especially at the top of scenes. Like that's – like who cares? Like you're not going to get any – like, you know, it's, it's, I think, again, I'm maybe being a little bit biased towards like doing longer like monocene shows or whatever. But if it's not funny, like who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Like you're just building stuff. You're going to get it out there. Relax. Yep. They don't like it. They will. You'll make yeah. them like it. Just get into it. But, like, yeah, start panic firing. The audience will go, like, no, nah, it doesn't fall. This isn't the pattern. This isn't logical. Mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger didn't have this power. Yeah. When did this happen? Yeah. No, I don't like this. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then, like, and also, like, on that same token, on, in the same Herald at Minor League Herald Night I saw, uh, you and Nick started a scene where uh, one could argue you guys weren't in agreement over, like, he was like a pirate. Mm-hmm. And you were just a dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, and like, I don't remember. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the specific circumstances of the scene, but it basically, was a job interview. It was a job interview, yeah. right? But I don't remember who was interviewing who. Nick uh, he was, was pirate interviewing me for a job at like Nordstrom. Right. It's just insane. Yeah. Like super crazy. Uh, but and I remember going like, and I remember watching that scene and going like. What are they gonna do, <laughs> like Joel? Why are you not being a pirate? Uh, and then, yeah, and then, like by the end, you're just like, this is the perfect scene to yeah. like watch because, yeah, you can pay it off, mm-hmm. but you, you know, if if it starts a little slow, hang in there, you'll pay it off. And that was a shorter show too, like that was, yeah. you know, it was like a three minute scene for the first beat of the Herald. Uh, great, yeah. Uh, I mean, what what was going on in your mind in that one? I'm curious. Uh, that one was that one's tricky. Um, yeah. Playing with Nick is Nick Maynard is like the funnest thing in the world. Sure, because it <laughs> always is great. Yeah, and he is insane. Yeah, um, and wonderful. <laughs> um, in that one, it was tough because partially also because Nick is like a force of nature. Like yeah, he is just a wall of Nick. Yeah, um, and in that case, like that's an interesting scene because I wasn't totally satisfied w- with myself in that scene because. So, like, you try to play it honest, and you try to play it as yourself. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he was a pirate at first, so my first behavior was not piratey. Yeah. Um, and I could have changed that, I, I, I suppose. You but could like, have become a pirate, uh-huh. but, like, why? Um, but, you know. but, like, I was just trying to be myself. Like, yeah. if I was in a job interview for a Nordstrom's and a fucking pirate was talking to me, how would I behave? Yeah. Um, and the, the what's really hard about that is, like, real me would just be like, you're – insane i'm leaving yeah um and how so how do you like be honest and be real and be yourself while uh still yes anding as much as you possibly can and still pulling out as and mining as much uh information and beats and comedy as possible right it's it's hard and it's something that i am trying to work on a lot is is i think I, i guess i'm just a person who is cynical and says no as my gut reaction to most things. Sure. Um, so, like, I have to – it's, it, like, it's a balancing act of how do you find a believable way to keep teasing that that out? Yeah. 
and I know I could have done it better in that scene. No, it was a great scene. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah. But, like, I could have done more heavy lifting for, for Nick and, like, lo- like alley-ooped him more stuff, uh, which I was uh, trying to do, but I could have done better. And I think um, it, that's a tricky – that's one of the trickier parts of it, I think. It's yeah. something that I certainly am, like, uh, working on. Yeah. Well, that's – I mean, you know, I, ta- you know, talking about that – like – and you know whatever this is just one scene but like that was a thing of like too like i just was going like i was like okay it seems like they're not in agreement and then i then i kind of then i kind of felt like i was i i was watching it i'm like okay i kind of get now that they at least understand they they're fully connected on where the other ones at and like yeah. what what the dynamic is uh and then it just was like and then it was just like specifics like that's kind of what that like if you you know, he, you pulled out some job interview specifics mm-hmm. and he pulled out some how pirates would feel about that. Yep. And it was funny. And like that's and it's sort of like at a certain point, like that's kind of all it takes. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's just like, all right, like we kind of know we kind of know what's going on with each other. And like mm-hmm. the, the we we understand the dynamic. Let's just start dumping in correct information. Yeah, it's just and, an input machine. Yeah. Um, and like. Yeah, in that case, I knew that anything I did, Nick was going to find. He was gonna run it through his his improv machine, yeah. and come out with something with something great for that. So like it was just again like in a real interview. How could I make this interview as real as I possibly can? Yeah. Um, and then just let him go bananas with it. Right. Um, well, and then on the same token too, like you had the thing too of like you're responding to, and if somebody takes your information that you mm-hmm. genuinely trying to give mm-hmm. for your for your your job interview, and some he comes out with some weird bullshit pirate stuff. And how you know, and your reaction to it is also very funny too, because it was just like you're like I I don't you know it's it's those little moments of just like yeah I don't I don't know that anybody has like a a real quick witty response like you <laughs> like you know like I guess what I'm saying is like you could very quickly kind of turn into, into like a witty or like type of thing or just like or just kind of be an asshole and be like this is dumb you're dumb what mm-hmm. the fuck are you talking about uh, and it, that wasn't you know that wasn't the case you kind of kept you kept it real like it, it like it was almost like like if. Like I said earlier, like you guys kind of had an idea of what you're doing. You're like, it's like almost like Nick was like, okay, he's gonna keep it real, and you're like, okay, Nick's gonna keep it piratey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> in, in that sense, it's 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 nice when you have sort of like you have characters with clear wants, right? Mm-hmm. Nick's character wants the world to be a pirate world. Yeah. <laughs> My character just wants a job, and so like you, those two tensions can like just keep a scene going. Yeah, uh, without ever worrying about like being resolved. Yeah, too early or, or anything like that. Yeah, the the other thing too, I remember specifically about that show. Maybe and that maybe that just means I'm doing Harold's wrong. <laughs> uh, I almost never go to Harold night. Uh, have sketch meetings. Was uh was that you guys had a, you had very long first beats too? I remember thinking mm-hmm. like, ooh, these are long and like you're really kind of getting into the game of it. I feel like a lot of times when I do Harold's or see Harold's uh, outside of the theater. It's a, it's usually fair. the the first beats are like, like, getting on the game maybe two three beats of it mm-hmm. and then like done, and uh and I remember watching every beat and including in your scene just going like okay maybe I would have edited there mm-hmm. and I was like oh boy they're not gonna, <laughs> what are they gonna do and I'm like oh they got like five more jokes out of it what yeah. why <laughs> why would I have edited <laughs> you know it's that's a it's a good question I like. I think partially – I think it's just kind of a shakedown yeah. s- style yeah. where we like to – and I think it, what we've been working on in the forms that we generally do uh, is 
just creating as much information as possible so we can explore later in the show. So yeah. Uh, so that our second beats can come from a lot of, there's a lot of places our second beats could come from, or a lot of yeah. details we could weave in to our third beats or to, to anything. So that there's just as many little ideas that make you chuckle when they happen in the first beat as possible, so that you can go and uh, play with those later. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, very very successful at doing that. Uh, that's interesting, and it's 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 interesting too, because like uh, somebody, well, one teacher I had at some point said like. Uh, the difference between like pulling off a herald and like achieving herald, <laughs> and like that's I think that there there's a difference too in mm -hmm. that and like you know you you spend just a lot of time pulling off a herald you're like yep that's yep. what that was the correct sequence yep and there was there were technically callbacks but yeah when you see those ones that are like you know played slow and then like a f details you know that you talk about connections in the the third beats and sometimes it it feels like those connections are very hammered in. Mm -hmm. And then other times, like when it, you really like it, they're the ones that are like, oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And like, it all makes sense. And, you know, I, I, I remember one, one that I had that was we're very proud of was like, for some reason, I did a Herald and for some reason, literally all the, there were like, there was, there was about like six girls in the show that everybody was like pining for. Uh, and it was the same girl's name. I forgot what the girl's name, but we were just like, and for some reason in this world, these six guys are just pining for this one girl. And it, it just kind of felt like cohesive. It's that thing of like, yeah, we can kind of pull it back later. And it, it all kind of like connects. It all kind of weaves together as opposed to just like, yep, we did. We, we followed the sequence. I, I love that idea of achieving a herald. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, there's a, there's a scene in the master where, uh, like Amy Adams is like Joaquin Phoenix is like meditating and uh, she's telling him to leave himself gifts in the future. Um, I don't remember. It's like <laughs> she's like somehow through like the magic of this religious belief, like you can leave yourself uh, gifts in the future that you can then like it's like good leaving yourself good karma or some sure. good energy in the future that you can then find later in life. And yeah. And I, I thought that was a really good uh, way to think about like scene painting and object work and details uh, from exploring early beats in like a herald or any form uh, because you're leaving yourself gifts in the future if you like are naming things and defining uh, and yeah. uh, giving details out because then you just have this like stack of toys that exists for you to play with later in the show. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, and they, like, you know, people f fucking love callbacks and they love that when a performer pulls anything, no matter how minor it is, back from somewhere else because you look genius because you suddenly trigger like a remembrance synapse yeah. firing in, in your audience's brain. So like uh, I love the, the idea of, of embedding stuff later on for you for, to like to cover with the show. I and, love that. Um, and like Leave gift. third beats and heralds are so cool for that reason. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, and then like and it and it's true like too like the the little little nuances that come back or even yeah just like little specifics will be, uh, so so fucking satisfying. Leave gifts for yourself in the future. I want to uh, I want to see some improv art vice out of that. David <laughs> Kantowitz, where are you? Um, I like it. Okay. Well, let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at with time? Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> trying to think of this. Um, where to go? Where to go? Okay. So like, uh, so I think I feel like we've covered a little bit of like what you're working on. The are, is there? Yeah. Kind of like being yourself. Kind of Eugene Cordero disciple. 
trying to think of like what what I want to ask you. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything super interesting. Uh, I don't know, like uh, on, on the improv. Let's just talk an improv journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how are you feeling these days? Because like, oh yeah, you you did say something about being intimidated with people you play with, which yeah. is it just always perks my ear because I'm intimidated with people I play with <laughs> a lot. I'm like, oh cool, it's not just me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, I don't know. how are you feeling, man? Uh, <laughs> you know, I. Um, it's, a good, it's actually a really good question. Um, it's it's and it's a tricky one. Like um, right now, I feel okay. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel? How'd you feel six months ago? Six months ago, did not feel great. Okay. Um, See, good, perfect. Yeah. I, I I wondered. I was hoping <laughs> not not that I was hoping you were doing bad, but I think that's a perfect uh, distillation of like what a lot of improv the improv yeah, man, journey is. You're just all like over the place. What the fuck am I doing? Um, and then like I'm the greatest improviser in the world, and like I should quit. Yeah, it's like the the worst thing that can happen in, is that you just get in your head. And yeah. I remember uh, maybe you know a year ago or six months ago, I was so in my head, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I would not engage in scenes. I would sit out of scenes mm-hmm. out of fear, um, and it, that was a terrible thing. And like I forgot what I was doing. I didn't know why I was doing it. I was. I was pretty miserable um, not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm really lucky because I get to per- I get to play with really great people. Yeah. Um, you know, like Shakedown, we've been together. We've been doing shows for over four years. Fantastic. And Just a real fantastic yeah, team. Yeah, it's great. And, um, but like, and I've had the benefit of, like, being able to sit with and watch, you know, Nick, Renee, Tony, and Hector grow and become amazing. Yeah, just evolving and taking. To me, it seems like there's a <laughs> jump that happens, right? There's just I call it the leap. Yeah, uh, where somebody just like you see them one week and the next week they're fucking amazing. Yeah, and they never stop being amazing. Yeah, and all those guys have done it, and like I, I remember there was times where I just felt overwhelmed and outclassed entirely. Yeah, and I would have to confront it every week. Yeah, <laughs> <He just> and, <laughs> I, and I oh, hated that's it. A, Oh, that's um, the perfect way of describing it. <laughs> <laughs> it got Paul really Wells. hard. Yeah. Um, it, it was like emotionally it was really taxing uh, in all honesty. Um, and so I would just be in my head and just like want them to do shows and not have me be involved. And like – Yeah. Um, and it was just like – it was just working through it. It literally was just doing – taking more classes, thinking about it more, and and getting out there and just doing shows and – and playing, yeah, because it's so easy to psych yourself out because there's not a great like mechanism for validation, yeah. Um, in in a lot of ways, like granted, like sure, it's instant gratification. You do shows, you see people laugh, people are nice, and they tell you you've had a good show. But like, you know, at the same time, that doesn't necessarily do anything to convince you of anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I think that you know you talk about that uh, we were talking in the very beginning the good shows and the bad shows and like it's it's tough because if you if you if you, I think if you overly let yourself go like great show I'm I'm great mm-hmm. uh, then there's also there's by that same token you probably have to tell yourself after a bad show you piece of shit you suck yeah. uh, and it's like and it's kind of like it, you kind of get hopefully. Or I, mean, I, I kind of feel these ways that, this way these days that I'm just like when I do a bad show I'm like ah that wasn't great like mm-hmm. I don't know like we'll feel yeah. good like and that and like did I can I look back at my choices in the bad show and go like well there you go like you yeah. were doing you, you weren't you weren't making 
yourself an ass in the bad show. Like, right. you like know, you were at, you were of sound mind and execution. Like, right. I think the way I've started to think about it is more in like if you like look at the stock market where what you want to see is a general that's a trend great, up. yeah <laughs> that's a perfect but analogy <laughs> within that yeah like day to day there's ups and downs ups and downs, ups and downs yeah ups yeah ups. of course it, and it's just like this jagged insanity yeah that, like if if wall street executives were to take like the direness of one day's worth of trades mm-hmm. the way i take one day of a bad improv show right we would be living in caves. Right. Like, the economy would exist. <laughs> no, yeah, um, exactly. And so you have to just – and, like, I f- th- that's why I feel better lately is I feel like I'm on a uh, general uptrend. Right. Um, even with bad shows here and there. I had a really bad show not long ago. Right. But, like, you, j- you if, if you failed while trying to focus on something and do something, then you can't really – uh, be too hard on yourself. Oh, yeah, you know? you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the thing, you know, well, eh, whatever, I started the sentence, why not finish it? <laughs> uh, I think the thing is that, like, like when, you, like, when you walk away from a bad show and you go, like, was I selling people out? Like, that mm-hmm. sucked of me. Or, like, right. was I not committing? Was I not listening? Yep. Uh, you know, wh- were, were you doing all the things that are some of the cardinal sins of improv, then it's like, well, that's the show that you should be like, oh, you suck. But not the ones where it's like, I don't know, I was trying, like I was yeah. agreeing, and like that's all the audience do. didn't fucking like it. Well, yeah. is try oops. and like be and just try to be a good teammate. Yeah. And if you if you can at least if you at least have that, then then that's really all that that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to you don't have to blow it out every night and be amazing so long as you're a fun person to play with. Yeah, um, and that's what anybody really cares about. Um, but yeah, it's I'm like it's it can be really hard. I think like um, that's one of the it's like the silent killer of of improv because everybody's so nice and friendly and supportive and trying to do good things together. Yeah, that we I think oftentimes it's it's hard to talk about that it's it can be a tough thing. Like yeah. psychologically, it can be hard. Um, and can really be taxing because um, I know like when you sit down and actually talk to people they're like yeah man I feel the same way uh, it's, <laughs> yeah it's hard and uh, and I, I you know something that's this fun for or like for something that's this that's this fun it causes me a great deal of anxiety as right well. and um, yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a true thing that like it, um, we don't really talk about very much yeah uh, because it's kind of a, it can be kind of a buzzkill but you don't want to be like uh, uh, you want you don't you also don't want to be like come off as like greedy or whatever right. or, like kind of like shitty about like people who are, you know, people people watch you at all levels like and see see you do things and this is to literally everybody and go like that was fucking awesome mm-hmm. you know like I I had I had shows right when I was coming out of four hundred one and somebody came up to me and was just like I don't know how you did that. Like I don't, that was the coolest, thing. and I was like, I'm like, I suck. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? And it's and it's almost like, and yeah, with that, it's almost kind of it's disrespectful in a way to go like, ah, I'm not that good. I suck. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, people are looking at you and going like, good job. Mm-hmm. But with that, like what you're saying though, it is that thing of like, but you always, you're always trying to be better. Yeah, um, and there's always just like a little voice in the back of your head. Usually, it's for your own benefit. That's like, you could be doing better, man. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. Like, what was that? 
Um, <laughs> that's a little Eugene Cordero in your like, come on, man. Um, would you this really had, do that? Would you, <laughs> this is a, would you have really done that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think everybody goes through it um, because you know this sounds hoity-toity, but it's art, you know. And yeah. To create anything that you care about means that you're putting a lot of yourself into it, and you're putting a lot of yourself out in a vulnerable place. Yeah. And you have to in order to create something good. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like that's just the how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> it's it, it, it it's funny too cuz everybody is like judgmental and stressed often about their own journey mm-hmm. except you know except for the people who aren't and a lot of them are the ones who have been doing it for a decade and they're mm-hmm. Eugene Cordero and they're just like, yeah, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, Craig, Kukow- I talked to Craig Kukowski and he is kind of the, of the same mind of just like, you know, they're, le- they're less bad now. Like that's kind of what he's saying. <laughs> it's like, you kind of had that thing of like, yeah, sometimes they still do bad ones, but they're just not, the bad ones aren't as bad as they were. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I don't know how, like, I, and the, like you're saying, uh, and, and I, I agree with it, but I'm just like, how do, how do you deal with it? Like, how does, like, how, do, how at the end of the day do you go like, and not have those terrible drive home, those drives yeah. home. You know what I mean? It's that oh, drive man. home. That, I know the fucking, I know that drive home. <laughs> I know that train. You're just like, ah, no, nothing. wheel punches. What are they doing? Why didn't I just, you knew, yeah. you knew what to do. You say that to yourself. Oh, I yeah, knew dude. what to do. I've, yeah. done, I've done the, why do I even, why am I even fucking doing this? <laughs> yeah. You say it out loud to yourself, which yeah. is weird, but, um, <laughs> but you know. It, we're, we're dramatic people. It's okay. You gotta, you have to have that. Like, yeah. It wouldn't be. It sounds lame, but, like, it wouldn't be fun if that didn't also happen. Like, there's stakes to it. Yeah, it's like if you don't care about it, then yeah. you're probably – yeah, then the, those highs aren't going to hit you anyway. Yeah, like, there, you don't know how good it is to win if you don't know how shitty it is to lose. Yeah. Or, and you don't know how to – like, you have to just deal with that. And I think, you know, it translates into everything all over life, too. Like, if you keep chugging away at this, um, even on bad days, then – you're going to be able to keep chugging away on work and your relationships with people. And it's, it's very much the same because it's because what's c- so cool about improv is that it's also organic Yeah, and it's all just about you and how your brain works. And so I find it very easy to translate like insights that come from the world of improv into like personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so like those bad shows where you just are like fucking pissed and miserable and you don't know why you even do this is such a healthy experience to have to be like yeah I, all right fine yeah i guess i shouldn't but whatever i'm gonna keep i'm gonna you know i have like i'm not gonna stop yeah um and those, those moments yeah it's like what all right you baby like what yeah. you think you're gonna be happy all the fucking time you think yeah. everything's gonna be perfect at all times grow the fuck no, up yeah. you got you got to do point. this again tomorrow yeah the whole point <laughs> is that you suck and that you <laughs> don't stop yeah. Like, that's all life is. Yeah. It's just a series of sucking at shit <laughs> and not stopping. Yeah. Uh, any any that's pursuit. That's Darwinian. Like, that's what Darwinism is. Yes. Is a whole bunch of organisms that fucking suck at something, <laughs> and most of them die, but the ones who are just a little bit better make it. Accidentally yeah. better. And so, like, <laughs> over, the, over time, like, you know, humans got thumbs, right? Yeah. So you just have to uh, keep at it until, like, you have – you need some improv thumbs (laughs) yeah i mean that uh, literally any pursuit you spend so much time just sucking Uh, it's just you know god you're gonna suck at everything for 
that you want to be good at for a long time. Yeah. And like, yeah. So like deal with that, start sucking and like, just keep, keep going. It's to me like sucking is the natural state of things. Yeah. Like sucking is entropy. (laughs) Sucking is entropy. It's just how it's chaos, right? Uh, Like the whole point of getting good at something is to turn disorder into order. Yeah. That's all being good at something is in, in a very like, that's a very simple sort of like analogy, but it's just organizing shit. Yeah. And <clears throat> like nobody, even if you're really good at something, you're still going to fuck up sometimes. Like Craig Kukowski is just less bad, which yeah. means he's just, he's getting like, he's just getting a little bit better at fighting off the natural suckiness of everything. Right. Um, and well, so the- like knowing that and like a- accepting that is liberating because um, you can, just be ready to suck at shit sometimes. And, yeah. Um, like uh, my coworker once told me I was very upset because we did something that didn't really work, a video mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't really – I didn't like it. And he, he just said, man, nobody bats a thousand. Yeah. And uh, baseball analogies are the best analogies for life. Um, <laughs> um, that was super helpful because it's true. You can't be perfect. Yeah. Um, and uh, being okay with striking out here and there is – is just part of it and that's the only way you can hit a ball is to keep swinging and yeah not be afraid of missing it yeah uh all that made me think of is when when i was in little league i had a thousand batting average and then somebody told me i didn't know and i'd gone like six or seven games with a thousand batting average and then somebody told me immediately struck out (laughs) (laughs) i was like and then i and then i think if i remember correctly i sucked the rest of the season too uh it's just very you know they're kids they're all they're all kids uh it's very easy to hit the ball at a certain point um (laughs) all right uh it sounds it almost sounds like i was bragging i not i don't give a shit it's little league it's dumb uh okay so let's uh and i love that too like that improv stuff translates over to life so well i think i think the the number of lessons uh that come from improv and like it's just it's unbelievable like you talk about you know de- like one of the things you said like you, you stick into a scene and it's like you're gonna make it work or you're gonna be like mm-hmm. you're gonna be shitty about it and it's like the same of like just going out with your friends like sometimes you yeah. go out with friends to a place that you don't want to go and you're like all right i'm gonna be shitty about it or i'm gonna make a good time out of it yeah it's you- learning how to it's like teamwork learning how to share ideas work with people yeah um learn how to like uh bend conversation and yeah work and like it's because i think what's so cool about improv is it's literally just about humans yeah it's just the most human thing it's yeah all based on humanity yeah and being a person there's nothing other than that to it yeah um and so it teaches you a lot about yourself yeah and how other people uh engage other people yeah um I've said to my – I was talking to my uh, my dad. I had a uh, – I, I, I had – I got sexually harassed at work, which was very, <laughs> very silly. I know. Uh, but – What happened? Uh, Can you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, hopefully nobody I work with is hearing this. Uh, this dude uh, – this dude that I work with, like I had a, I had a typewriter like printed on my shirt. It was just a little typewriter. Oh, did he, and like, he feel your nipples? Yeah, yeah. He came up and he started like playing with my chest and I was like – and I – very straight man. I immediately said, yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it again. And I said, no, no, you didn't hear me. Yeah. I don't want you to do that. I don't like it. Does it a third time. I'm oh. like, you don't get messages. I'm asking you to stop. Uh, so And uh, and then he did it a fourth time. Oh, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I was just like – and it's so dumb and like – I, I wasn't too upset about it, but I like, and I, and I, and, and the guy 
there's like another coworker saw this whole thing goes down. He's like, I don't know how you handled that so well. Like, mm-hmm. if I, if I would have froze, I would have got paralyzed. But, um, but you know, you react to it directly and straightly. And I just and I, I was talking to my dad about this thing, and he goes, uh, he goes that yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know that I would have done that either. And I said, you know what? Thinking about it, it's just improv. Like it's yeah. just me simulating human interactions over and over and over again. And like. I don't think I've ever necessarily done that scene, but I know how to do like when people are acting weird, I know how to be normal. Yeah. And like, he, you know, cause I think there's, there's a reaction of like, yeah, you can freeze or you can like push them or you can mm-hmm. be like real, you can be aggressive towards them. And that's like, no, that's not, that's not going to be funny if I do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're just, you're, you know, improv is, yeah, you're simulating life over and over and over and over again. And you mm-hmm. learn how you learn the type of people that you don't like and do like, and the things that you respond positively, yeah. negatively to. And it's, it's all that stuff, and you're like, it all kind, it all kind of trickles back there, and that's why I feel like I meet so many improvisers. They're just like, God, you're lovely. You're just, <laughs> you're just great to be around. Yeah, I think you know, a, a big part of it is is like training yourself to listen to this particular voice that's in your head. Yeah, that is, when you're watching a scene, it's the voice in your head that predicts what's gonna like the next what the next beat needs to be, uh, and which. Which sometimes it's hard, it's very hard to listen to it, but like in, in interacting with regular people, uh, it's there too, and it's it was like telling you just like ex- what desire you need to express. Right. There was this. I was at this bar, and there was this guy who was so he was so drunk, and he kept following me around. I didn't know him. <laughs> he kept following me around, and he somehow I was like I went to the bathroom, and the door was locked, and he somehow pulled the door open, even though it was locked. Uh, and then I was like, dude. All right, and I just like tried to ignore it, and I went back to my table. I was sitting with my friend, and this guy came up and started trying to talk to us. So I was like, "Dude, you gotta get out of here." Yeah, you gotta go, man. Yeah, and it was a very it was. I wouldn't have said that if I didn't do improv. Yeah, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. no, like, it's hundred percent true. Like, this is exactly what I want right now. Yeah, it's for you to go away. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, Kurt," and he and he <laughs> left. Uh, it, uh, he was in a bad shape, but sure. Like, but to just to honor <laughs> that like first impulse of like this is the desire that I have. Yeah. The way for me to express it is in the most concise way, uh, and clearest way. It's like going back to like just don't be coy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like let me just be very frank with you. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. And, it, and, uh, and you know what? And like if you take you, communication. you take those, but it, like it's funny too if you like you take those the scenarios that we laid out too. You turn those into scenes or whatever. You kind of have the start of a decent scene. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, yeah. I very clearly know how this guy feels, and he does not like this thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of know how to antagonize it. And like, the other person would really know how to heighten that well. And it's like, yeah. so, so in a weird way, it's like there's the comedy version of of life when in, in improv that we live, and then there's also like the real version of life when you're like, yeah, well, these skills seem out very helpful. Yeah, it's just communication. Yeah, like I need to make clear to you what it is that I'm after. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. I really love it. Um, all right, well, dude, I think I think we covered everything. Is there anything awesome. else that we, uh, anything else that you want to cover before we, we do the classic pearls of wisdom segment and the classic plugs segment of the um, show? No, that's uh, it, man. Okay, cool. I always I always say that, and I think everybody's just like, I don't know, what else do I have to say? <laughs> I got I got to find a better way to like. Is there anything? What's going on in your journey? Well, we talked about it. It's good. I really did like this a lot. Um, okay, pearls of wisdom segment, classic segment of the show. No advice, feedback you got uh, that kind of that you thought was impactful or helpful. Uh, j- just in general, sure. Or, or it can be improv. It can be or about improv. Yeah. About improv. Um, yeah, yeah. About the show. About this show. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, I thought it was like uh, feedback on the show. Oh, on I'm my <laughs> feedback on your show. <laughs> um, hey, man. Like, um, 
just like some notes if you want to like if you want Um, me to change anything like let me know i would say my (laughs) the biggest pearl of wisdom that i think people that like has been really very much on my mind is be a human being yeah just be a human being and don't be afraid if you're in the middle of a scene to take a step back and ask yourself am i being a human being or am i being an improviser trying to make people laugh yeah there's a huge difference and the difference is being on one side of the uncanny valley or the other you yeah. have to be on one or the other um and so just be a fucking human being even if you're not funny just be a human being and that's all people want to see yeah uh that's great i love it uh and uh and f- you know final thing you got any plugs that you want to share with the entire world um <laughs> Well, make sure you come out to Room 101 Wednesday yeah. nights. Our, uh, I don't know when you're planning on putting this episode up, but our anniversary show is this Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so everybody should come to that. Um, yeah. And, you know, keep everybody should keep their eyes plugged into our Facebook page. That came out super weird. No, uh, because we've got some cool shows coming up this summer. We're going to do another outdoor show. Oh, great. Uh, coming had so up much before fun. Before long, and, and we'll have some other good, fun stuff. So Room 101 every Wednesday, 8 to 11. Fantastic. Uh, well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was awesome. This was very enlightening for me. <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah, awesome, man. Cool. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kimmy. And we're the hosts of Talk 30 Rock to Me. Do you crave cheese late at night? Do you have lots of thoughts on your mind grapes? Do you think a rape whistle can double as an accessory? Do you miss 30 Rock? We sure do. We miss it so much, we started a podcast about it. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe today.